Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. It's some point in August 2012. I don't know what day this is actually going to be released, but it won't be long. And this is going to be episode 347. And today I'm still in lovely sunny Okinawa with the typhoons. And I am sitting here with Sean Miller. And Sean is an amazing underwater photographer that I met on our recent Pixels to Pigment workshop. And I thought it'd be great. I've never done this sort of work at all. So I thought it'd be great to sit and pick Sean's brains about the uh, the work that he does. And so welcome to the show, Sean. Yeah, thank you very much. What an honor. And I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Now, the pleasure's all mine. I uh, I really, I, I'm in awe of your work. You, you created a, a gallery wrap of one of your clownfish shots that we'll take a look at later. Uh, but you, you created that during our workshop and it was just so beautiful. I've been looking forward to sitting down and talking with you. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, you know, um, what you do, where, how, how you got into the, uh, the underwater photography. Yeah, sure. I, uh, I was into diving. I got certified in 1992 and ever since I've been diving here in Okinawa, back okay. and forth going to the States, coming back, and uh, this has been my home, and it's always been like, hey, I gotta get back to this place, because mm. this, is, this, is, this is where it is. And if you, if you love the ocean, if you love diving, this is definitely the place to be. And I always had an interest in marine biology, and uh, this is the place to do it, because it's just so easy to get in the water and get exposed to things. It's just a drive away, anywhere from five to 10 minutes, you could do shore diving here. So that's what really grasped my interest in, into diving and then in the last maybe about in 2005 I got in seriously got into land photography and taking pictures of you know my children outdoor nature and then after that I was like you know what I do a lot of diving it's time to uh, it's time to make the investment and start taking this underwater because I'm already familiar with diving I'm familiar with the marine life and I'm starting to get more familiar with my camera and so after that it all came together and uh had really good results the first time I took it out, so it was amazing. I really got lucky. Great. So we uh, a few moments ago, before we started recording, I took a photograph of your housing and your strobes and stuff, and what I'll do is I'll put that into the show notes, okay. uh, into the blog post, and people should be able to find that blog post at mbp.ac slash 347. Um, so go over there and take a look at the images that we're, we're going to talk about and the gear that uh, Sean has here. So uh, let's, I'd like to ask, you know, the, the housing itself, it, it looks pretty complicated. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, there seems to be a lot to it. Is that made specifically for your camera? Yes, uh, it is. Yeah? This is specifically for the Nikon D90. It was made for here. Okay. And you can get them from pretty much any digital SLR that's available. They make, Icolite makes a model for it. Icolite? Yes, that's okay. the brand that I'm currently using. Yeah. And, and and I saw I, I we spoke with Pete yesterday. Um, he'll have been on the the previous episode uh, to this, and I saw that Pete also has a similar one. They've got the really big that glass or perspex dome yeah. on the front. Yeah, that's an eight inch dome port that he's using, and that's usually used for wide angle photography. Okay. Yes. So yours is yours different to that though, or yes. is that well, that's uh, right now I currently have the wide angle port on it, mm. and I'm using the Tokina eleven to sixteen millimeter for that. I see. For that purpose, I see. usually I generally shoot the macro 105 macro, and so I have a different port, a much smaller port that it would go into. Correct? I see. So you only you only use the wider port 
when you need the wide angle yes. to, so you get the clearance. Correct. Yeah, and, that, I see. and one benefit to that is it allows you to do half and half shots also where the water drips off uh, yeah. quickly. Yeah. So you can get away with doing that where with a flat port, it's pretty difficult to do that. I see. I saw. I saw one of those. Um, Pete had one of those that he just uploaded to Flickr yesterday as well. Really I see. Nice. That's pretty cool. So you have the articulated arms either side. You had a few lights on the top. Correct. Can you tell us about how you use those for lighting? Yes, I'm uh, currently using a uh, light in motion solar light, and it's a really good modeling light. Which what it does is it allows me to focus on the subject. It allows the Nikon autofocus system to pick up on the subject easily and um, you know that way I can actually take a picture with it because otherwise the, the autofocus system doesn't know what to pick up on Go so ahead. it allows me to night dive I use it as my primary light at night yeah. so that's that's my main light right there Go it's ahead. adjustable so I could tone it down a little bit if I need to or I could turn it up it also has a red feature on it where I could turn a red light on and that allowed me to get closer to most subjects. Like a lot of fish get spooked out when they see white light. Okay, and so that allows me to get closer to the subject. So right, I'll yeah. turn that on also. And I also have a backup modeling light that's on there in case that one runs out. That way I have that available, and it just allows me to focus on the subject. Wow, yeah, it works great. So the 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 two large lights on the side they were your strobes. They're, they're your light for the actual photograph. Yes, they are. Um, how how does that work? Are that you you have like really powerful batteries in there, and and you it's all just linked up, just like off camera flashes. No, there's um, wires that connect into it, and you could either use it. You have it. You could either use it TTL if you like, or manual. I usually use manual, mm. and you adjust the output. Of course, they're rechargeable batteries, so before you go out, they have to be charged up, mm. and they generally last about two dives. And uh, but you control the power, mm. and you can control the. Uh, where you place the light, the amount of light, you could diffuse the light if you need to. So it's all, you know, just, just a matter of art and placement where you want it. Can, can you control the ratio between the two lights? Uh, or, or is it like, are they both the yeah, same power? Correct, you can control the ratio, yes, okay. in manual mode, yes. Nice. Sure yeah, so you can turn it down on one, and that's what I do a lot of the time. Yes, yeah. yeah. So I yeah, see. You can control it, yeah. And you told me that you'd use that in a, 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 a pretty artistic way for the clownfish so we'll talk about that again later right so obviously you're, you're going underwater you're you're diving down to a number of meters there's there's obviously safety measures that you have to take you you've got lots of all of this gear i mean i've never done any of that i've mm -hmm. never done scuba diving the the most i've done is a bit of snorkeling um so it it's it's all totally new to me can you explain some of the the procedures that you have to go to before you dive just to make sure that you don't end up staying down there yeah, well, the big thing is it all just boils down to you being familiar with your equipment. So you have to be a good diver, okay? So you have to know how your equipment operates. You have to know how to react to emergency situation, okay? So you got your buoyancy control, and uh, you're familiar with your surroundings, and you're a good diver. Then from there, then you get familiar with your camera, of mm. course, on land. You break all that down. You get decent at your camera. Then you house it, and same thing with your housing is making sure everything's safe, making sure if you got into emergency where you had to rapidly ascend to the surface, you could get rid of that big camera because that camera is huge underwater mm. and it creates a lot of drag. And uh, so you have to be able to re react to that too. If there was an emergency where you ran out of air and you had to shoot up to the surface, mm. you possibly have to let go of your camera and mm. let it go because you're the, you're wow. the priority, right? Absolutely. So, so you couldn't just... Um 
like tie it to yourself or something, right? Because then you're yeah. going to be if you, it gets lodged yeah, in exactly. something. You you can. What what most people do is what I do is I clip it to my body with two clips as I'm walking into the water, so my hands are free. Yeah. So I can put on my fins, get things ready. But when I go underwater, I unclip it from my body. Okay. You know what I mean? So that way, for me, because we do a lot of shore diving here, so it's just easy to walk in. Sometimes sometimes we have to walk in far, you know, and. Uh, Long, long, long areas, and so it's easier for me to to mount it to my body, and then when I get in the water, I disconnect it and go from there. Got you, got you. So, once you're in the water, you've um, you know, you've obviously got all of this amazing scenery around you. Well, scenery, the fishes themselves. Um, do you? Lo- I mean, I lose track of time all the time when I'm, yes. and you've obviously got a limited amount of air when you're down there. How, how do you? You know, obviously, it goes back to your safety aspects, but. Do you have like something that like alarms and things that tell you how long you've been down there and how much more air you've got, things like that? Yeah, the big thing to do is just monitor your air at all times. And uh, by diving often, you get familiar with the amount of air that you actually use and based on the depth that you're at. And you also have dive computers that regulate your time and things like that. But it really boils down to you constantly monitoring your equipment and being familiar with it. So that way you don't get distracted and run mm-hmm. out of air and have to shoot up to the surface. So I'm constantly checking my air, monitoring it, and that way I would never have to run into that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. It's, uh, it's all totally new to me, so it's, it's really interesting. Shall we uh, take a look at a few of your photos? Yeah, let's um, do it. So first, you know, the, remember people that I, uh, I will put these into, they'll be in the iPhone and iPad version, so you'll be able to see them on the screen, but also if, you, if you're if you not listening to that or you can't look at a computer at the moment, um, at your phone and that at the moment, then go to mbp.ac slash 347 and you'll be able to see these images there. Uh, but Sean, what, what are these fish and, you know, it's pretty dark. Was this a night shoot? No, this was actually a day shoot, and this was a this is one of my favorite shots, only because I did the only thing I did as far as editing was place a watermark on there. Mm. And what was so unique about it was these fish. First of all, the dart fish are yeah. really uh, skittish fish, and they live in these holes. And as soon as you approach them, they go in the hole. They take off immediately unless you you come up to them slowly. Mm. And what I did in this situation is I bounced my strobe, which was on the left hand side of my uh, camera. Mm. I bounced it off the reef wall. It hit the reef wall and came back. So this is just bounce. I was using bounce light. And that's why the and that's why, Yeah, that's why the background is completely black. But in the composition, as far as this damselfish above the dartfish, how it's perfectly in place. And I yeah. think it really shows a good balance. And yeah. uh, one of my favorite shots. Yeah, it is. And I, I wondered, I thought for a moment it was a night shot, but that makes perfect sense. And I'm also impressed that you can bounce yeah. your flash off yeah. coral. Yeah, and that's a lot of the times I'll, I, I have brought diffusers down. I've brought all kinds of things that I've learned on land. And I try to adapt them and use them underwater. Mm. You know, dealing with one flash, I started off using one flash just mm. to get familiar with it. Mm. And, of course, you're limited sometimes, so you have to really work things yep. and, uh, you know, using on-land techniques and bringing them underwater. Wow. So, remind us again, what a dartfish, did yeah, you say? Yeah, this is a fire dartfish. Fire dartfish. Very cool. Okay, so, so we move on to the next yeah. one. We've got, this is another clownfish, yeah? Correct. So... Tell us about. I mean, look at the. You've got the beautiful glowing light from behind there. Uh, is that again your your strobes coming in over the top yeah, around correct. the back? Yeah, correct. That's one of my strobes firing um, straight above and almost coming back towards me mm. with a long arm. 
and uh, and then one just filling it in from the right slightly. And the the hardest part he, part here, Martin, is just capturing these fish because they're constantly moving. Yeah. And you're constantly moving due to the current. Yeah. And uh, you know anything that's in the water, your strobes will pick up. So there's so much backscatter that you have to worry about in mm. in the water where you don't have to worry about that on land. Yeah. And so, but you can see the anemone. It's just highlighted. It's it's lit up nice. Yeah. And this is another one of my recent favorite shots. And it's you know, just it's a little bit different than the usual shot, and that's what I'm trying to go for is trying to do things that haven't been done yet, and that's obviously pretty hard. So I'm, I'm trying for, for sure, but yeah, the lighting I mean, it, the, the way you're lighting these, it just it's so much more artistic than anything I've seen so far. So you're definitely accomplishing your goal there. And tell us about these are, are they those anemones are poisonous, right? These guys can yes. live in there because of some... Yeah, they have a symbiotic relationship where I'm with them where they both benefit from each other, where they produce some type of uh, mucus, mm. I guess, on their skin, on their scales, and then that way they, they can live with live in them without being stung. Mm. So they both benefit where the clownfish will bring it food. I've seen them bring food at times and uh, actually feed them, and also you know they're benefiting each other. They also lay their eggs very close to the sea anemone. That mm. way they have protection from it also. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that they actually fed the anemone. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And I've seen it before when I've had them in my fish tanks, my wow. aquariums. I actually feed them food. <laughs> That's Amazing. incredible. Yeah. Okay, let's move on one more. Um, here, this again, uh, the lighting and the way you've, uh, the way you've got the, the really dark background again, the positioning of the fish, you know, coming in from the top, top corner there it it's all just so mysterious and and almost spiritual in some ways so what about this how, how did you like this and yeah this is basically very similar lighting where this was uh, up up to the top you know coming in from the left side mm. and um I, the overall comp what got me was the composition where it just looks like it's flowing just like you know you could you could obviously tell which way the current's going yeah. at the time the fish is, is swimming in that direction of the current, and that's what's so impressive that I that I really liked the yeah. shot, yeah. and uh, you know just the balance of everything. Wow! So, how about exposure? You mentioned earlier that you use manual. Right. You often use your flash on manual. Yep. What sort of exposures and shutter speed? You know, the aperture mm -hmm. and shutter speed. Do you set? Yeah, usually I always start off with two hundredth of a second, and I'm shooting macro, and I generally shoot um, f8 between f22 those are my main areas iso 200 mm. and that's that's where i generally start off with mm. and uh, that's where i've been getting my my best results for the most part recently and uh, and then from there you know just from from practice and previous experience just knowing you know what power i usually adjust my uh, my strobes down you know half power or a little bit lower than that mm. and then go from there you know and then just make some minor adjustments either with the strobes or just changing my aperture i generally keep my my shutter speed at 200th of a second so so, so you say between f8 and f22 correct that's yeah. that's mainly where i keep it yes i imagine that you need to go i mean obviously for macro yeah. f8's quite shallow yeah. um and even f22 with macro it's it's not going to give you hyperfocal distance like with a normal lens yeah but um, so I mean, you know, for focusing, you were saying you're moving, you're in the current, you're, you're moving around. Yep, you're moving, um, the subject's moving, and then that brings us to hazardous marine life. You know, anytime you're shooting nature, uh, obviously you have to examine the scene first mm. because there's been multiple times, especially over here, where I'm shooting something, a fish like this, but yet there's another fish, a larger fish, waiting to eat that fish. Mm. You know, like a scorpion fish, a lionfish. 
or a, a, a stonefish. Mm. And some of them are highly venomous and they could definitely injure you and they blend in very well. So mm. you have to examine the scene. If you were to put your arms down on the on the rocks or your knees or legs, you could possibly get stung wow. and, and have to you know, get out of the water immediately. Yeah. So yeah. you have to, just like anything, you know, scene safety, you got to examine, examine the scene, make sure it's safe before you go in and start shooting. Wow. And I've learned that from night photography from reptiles. So. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. So I don't. I I really hardly even want to press the button to go to the next image. But oh, these, these are dart fish yeah, again. Same one. Yep. Okay. So you've got in the background there. What's that? Is that a coral? Or? No. This is well in the background here. Yes. Yeah. There's coral around here, and then this is another dart fish. Yeah. So this is another dart fish mirroring what yeah. this one's doing. So that's what I really enjoyed about this yeah. shot was to be able to capture this. And uh, you know, basically mirroring each other. Yes, yeah. that's, that's a shot I probably never will get again. Maybe, yeah, yeah never. I, I can imagine. Uh, yeah, I mean, even it's perfectly lined do, up. Do those the fins on the top of them there? Do they go up and down? Are they yes, articulated? They do. Yeah. So even that is oh, exactly yeah. the same. Yep. So. Incredible. I uh, I was I was wondering as you were saying that are these? Is it some sort of? Are they both male, or is it some sort of a mating thing? Getting in this position or? Do, do you know? No, it was just a it was just a luck of the draw as far as me being there at the right place at the right time because they're they're always moving, continuing mm. to move, and of course they see me as a threat, so they're getting ready to go down in their burrow. They live in a they live in a hole, so they're waiting to dive down in it. Mm. But at this point, you know, when I'm photographing them, they're they're constantly moving around, and this is just perfect timing on wow. my part, perfect location to get this mirrored effect. Wow, beautiful. And again, you, I guess you've, you've got your strobes. I, I see that there's a certain amount of light looks to be coming in from the bottom here. Yeah. Um, is that what you were doing? You've got one on the bottom and then maybe one over to the right uh, coming down on them? Or, or is I, it from the top? Yeah, I believe there's one high from the left and then maybe, maybe one filling from the, the angle that I was at. I think from the bottom right, but I'm, I'm not positive on that one. Mm. And it, it looks as though you've got a bit of it spilling over into the background, giving yeah. it some light, but yeah. not. But the, you know, the obvious focus of attention is yeah. is the dartfish. Beautiful. Okay, let's move on to take a look at another one. Here's the clownfish again. Mm -hmm. are, are these are these all the same species of clownfish? No, this is actually the tomato clownfish. So this is a different species than we saw from before. And okay. The, the further ones we'll probably show again, but. Um, yeah, this is this is really unique. This one was maybe forty-five to fifty millimeters, so it was a it was a baby. Mm. And uh, same thing, this this little fish would constantly go into the anemone. Mm. You can see how big the bulbs are on it. Yeah. And it would go down and hide, and then finally it would pop up to show itself. And then and I was lucky enough just to capture it at the perfect timing with the amount of light, you know, the clarity on both eyes. And of course, as a nature photographer, you always want to go with clarity, sharpness in the eyes. That's which you're ultimately going for yeah. the majority of the time. Yeah. And to capture that with fish and you know, it's it's really difficult and you have to take a lot of shots. And that's yeah. just how it how it goes. And as you know, you uh, just the autofocus system does not want to pick up a lot. So what I'll do is I use the autofocus lock a lot underwater and I'll lock it and then I'll just zoom the camera in and when I see it's in focus then I'll take the picture. Yeah. So that, that helps me underwater yeah. to do that. I I was wondering if that yeah. was the case. Yeah. So I sometimes do that with yeah. macro. Yeah. Um I often just go to the to the minimum focus distance mm -hmm. and then just move in until it's sharp yeah. and then just bang. Yeah. And even sometimes just like kind of bracket through it. Mm -hmm. If you, especially I mean I imagine with you with the currents and everything, you you might find that you're uh, you're you've got it you've got it just about right. Yeah. 
and then just then just move yep. slow gradually forward while you're doing a burst, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's what it boils down is just a lot of the times getting things right and and going out when the water is reasonably calm, and then that way you could get decent shots, you know. Yeah. So you're not fighting current because if there's heavy currents, you're constantly moving and you're gonna have difficult times taking pictures. So yeah. I I was out just after Manza Mall this morning, uh, photographing a, a pier. And they, I think there must have been probably five to seven meter waves. They were right up coming up from over the top. Um, so obviously you're not going to be down there on a day like no, today. Definitely not. <laughs> nah. This is a, so what, this the sea anemone thing here as well. This is a different species. This is they're yeah. like they've got these big noggins on the yeah, end. Yeah, correct. There. They have. I mean, there's. I believe there's probably fifteen to twenty different species of the actual anemones here in Okinawa. So mm. it's all about just you know getting familiar with them. But they all you know they all do sting so they're all poisonous or toxic depending on the the actual species itself some of them might not bother you that much but there's always those ones that could really affect you so mm. it's better just not to even touch them yeah and anything you don't know don't touch it yeah just leave it alone yeah so great stuff let's move on to a so this is the one that you um printed at the workshop right. another clownfish shot is this did you say but uh, tomato? No, this, uh, tomato? Is, this is the, uh, I believe this is called the false clownfish. This is a different species of clownfish. Yeah. Uh, oscillated clownfish, I'm sorry. Oscillated, okay. Oscillated. And uh, again here, I mean, we, the first time I saw this, I I was just in awe of the lighting. It, you, you're doing, you're doing studio lighting under work, basically, <laughs> underwater. Um, so here, tell us, what, what, what were you doing again? You've got the strobe underneath yeah it's basically this very similar to what i what i did with the other clownfish where i'm having the lighting on the left from above slightly and coming back in and then the bottom right strobe coming in on it just filling it a little bit a little bit of light from the bottom mm. so and uh, same thing with this where this this fish was constantly moving and it didn't want obviously you know you're around its territory yeah it's it's trying to protect itself it sees you as a threat and it's constantly moving and uh, finally, it peaked out, and mm. I and I was lucky enough to get a shot. Excellent. And this too was was the very there wasn't so much current at this point. I mean, it, it looks the, the, like the other one where you yeah. said you could see the obvious yeah, flow of the water. The first, yeah. Is this more still? Yeah, this, this one it? was more still. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I just caught it at the right time. Mm, absolutely. I. Uh, I think we might we might need to do a print swap or something here, yeah. Sean. <laughs> it's really really nice. So, let's see. This is the last one that we were going to talk about. Um, you've done some funky stuff with the camera here. Tell yeah. us about this. Yeah, this is where I was using a, a wide-angle lens, and I believe I had my uh, eighteen to two hundred millimeter zoom to about twenty-two millimeters, and then I and I stick a rubber band around it, and then from there. What I did was, that way it stays at that focal length, mm. and uh, what I did was I, I put the shutter speed down, I think it was like 30th to 80th of a second and at, this, at the time, and then from there what I would do is I would focus on the subject, the clownfish, and then I would spin the camera at the same time. I'd ho hold the autofocus lock button down and shoot and fire, and then I would just spin the camera, mm. and uh, that's how I got that. So it gives it a really cool look. I mean, I think this would be amazing, like printed on a poster or something. Yeah. It just looks like a like a poster to me. Yeah, and and it's and I guess you know obviously the the strobe has has frozen the the fish and the fish, and the yeah. the bulk of the subject matter in time, but mm -hmm. then the 
you've got your 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 rotation of the cameras giving that that really like like we're going into a time tunnel or something. Yeah, yeah, that's another incredible. And but I mean, you know, if you're going to play with those sort of techniques, pe mm. most people would sort of just do it with any old subject matter. But you've still got a perfectly composed image. You've got the clownfish in there. Uh, so you know you you're not just playing. You've do, you've done a really good job here yeah, of getting you. the the whole thing looking good, and then adding um, an extra an extra feature or an extra component to the image by the by rotating it. Mm -hmm. Very inventive and imaginative. Great stuff. So let's see. Um, we've we've talked about your gear. We've talked about the actual act of of the, you know going down there and doing the photography. What's next? What do you What do you want to try? What do you want to try to achieve? Because you obviously you're very ambitious with your photography. Have you got any ideas of what you'd like to do next? Yeah, it's just continuing. And uh, every time I go down, it's either okay. I'm going to look for this fish. I'm going to look for this nudibranch. You know, I go down with a purpose or trying something new, trying something different. And yet, you know, right now I don't necessarily know what I'm going to do. But you know, when I when I go diving, of course, I think about what, you know, hey, what can I do different? Mm. And I'll look at my pictures. I view my pictures a lot to study them. Okay, how can I improve the lighting this time? How mm. can I get a better photograph? And that's what it boils down to. How can I change? Let me try change. Let me let me go with a, a larger aperture this time or yeah. something. Just to switch things up a little bit so the photographs don't look the same. And that's what I'm truly going for because, um, you know, photography, a lot of this stuff has already been done. Yeah. So. So what I enjoy doing is trying to do something that hasn't been done, which is really difficult yeah. because we live in a, you know, the age of digital and, and there's just so many people that are photographing now that, you know, it's hard to do something. And that's really what I want to do is take a lot of the, the land um, techniques and take them underwater and try, try to do something that hasn't been done yet. And it, it'll come with time. It's just a matter of, of me getting more time, you know, because... Mm, I, I I wish you all the best of luck with it, and uh, and you definitely, uh, you know, from what I've seen of, of your work, I I'm really impressed. I'm going to be following following you, as you know, you as you bring out as you release more more work, and uh, hoping uh, hoping to see. I mean, I I really do. I already think that you you're achieving what you're aiming for because the lighting is just beautiful, and it's uh, it's it's definitely some of the the better underwater photography that I've seen. Um, but of course, you you know you're you're also very accomplished on land. We're going out shooting tomorrow and yeah. uh, have a have a, a wander around the island. Um, so I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, where can people catch up with you online, Sean? Okay, yeah, they can check me out on Flickr. My name is Okinawa Nature Photography, and I post a lot of the stuff that's found here. Obviously, all, all of the stuff that's found here in Okinawa. So I photograph my family, friends. But I do mainly nature. Uh, underwater photography is my uh, addiction, of course, just like land photography. Mm. So when the weather is bad, like it is today, yeah. you know what I would do is I'd go out and do nature photography or landscape photography, or mm. go out at night and photograph reptiles mm. or amphibians, or just do something, you know. And I call that cross training. You mm. know, so I'm always, you know, constantly doing something and improving and, and you know, developing new techniques. So yeah. having a blast with it. Excellent. Good stuff. So really, thanks very much, Sean, for your time you. today and, uh, and showing us your, your images and looking forward to, to seeing more of your work. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. You're welcome. Okay, so thank you very much for listening too. Remember that you can find me on Twitter and Google+, as well as a whole bunch of other social media sites. Everything's linked to the top page at martinbaileyphotography.com, so stop by and take a look. 
and you just take care have a great week whatever you're doing and we'll speak to you again next week thanks bye bye